In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin, and this is episode number 13, The OGs, Classics That Don't Suck. <laughs> I'm really proud of our title, I gotta I'm say. I'm so proud of it. And just for you listeners, we had both come with different titles and decided they were both so excellent, we smushed them together. Mash up. Yep. Yeah. That's how it works here. So the theme this week is all about, like Aaron said, classics that don't suck. This is actually a reader, su- excuse me, a listener suggested. Wow. She's a reader. She's a reader so and a listener. So it makes sense. Yes, yes. Reader and listener suggested theme. First one, Amazing. everybody. Amazing. She's on the top of my favorites list. This theme comes from Tammy and her message to the broads says, I'm interested in your recommendations of classics, in quotes, that are actually pleasure reads and not just, ugh, I guess I should read Crime and Punishment because it's a classic. Snooze Fest. I'm sure there's some actually enjoyable writing in those classics that holds up and I'm missing it. Guess what, Tammy? You're right. You are right. And also, that was just a great write-in. Right? Everything about that. Loved it. Just fantastic. I'm so, so happy to endorse this theme that she came up with. <laughs> I am too. I think it's a perfect theme. It because is. Because I think a lot of times people look at the classics as the things we should be reading, and a lot of them are not great, let's no. be honest. Yeah. And honestly, isn't don't you feel like that's a thing that turns a lot of people off to reading? Absolutely. Is their first experience is some side of some sort of forced situation yes. and they hated it and they think that that's what reading has to offer. Yes. So many people in like middle school English classes are forced to read things that have absolutely nothing to do with their lives. So of mm-hmm. course. And I think reading is one of those things that sort of become inaccessible in that way. Like Definitely. if you don't like a movie, no one feels bad saying I hated that movie. That was mm-hmm. terrible or even turning it off. But for some reason with books, I think there's this idea that you might not be getting it or you're missing something, yes. which isn't true. Isn't We've true. talked about that since doing the podcast that we feel a lot more empowered to say that I don't like this. <laughs> I'm not going to read it anymore. Yes. And I'll be honest, there, I've been throwing out a lot of books and it feels Dude, good. It does. We have an excuse now to be like, listen, I don't have time for this. Nope. I'm going to read a good book. <laughs> Not an okay, mediocre. No, actually, I finished the okay, mediocre. It's oh, just usually you? bad. Yeah. Just straight. I know yeah. this isn't going to come around. And usually we would feel like guilty. Oh, like, oh, have you to start it, you got to finish it. Yeah. See it through. Not anymore. Our lives are short. We can't deal yeah. with that stuff. But this theme is all about actually seeing through. Absolutely. Some ones that people told you you should, and we're going to back it up. We sure are. We are. Yeah. But before that, I mm. think it, we have to do what a lot of people think. And I have to ask you if mm. there's a classic that you feel like got labeled a classic that maybe should not be a classic. Absolutely. Mm. Moby Dick. Oh, 
What in the actual F? Come on. Right? You know, when I read Moby Dick, it was sophomore year of college. I was in a class at Iowa. The professor's first name was Blueford, but he was maybe 23. No, 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 it wasn't. No. It totally was. What? Blueford. Blueford made us read moby dick he changed that that's not even what he came that's not how he came into this earth he decided i'm gonna be a literature professor and i'm gonna make it weird and you know what he looked like so this is mid 90s he -hmm. looked like eddie vetter so it was almost like he was taking on the name blueford to be a rock star but he was teaching english i don't know what was happening he had a lot of identity issues but then he's making us read moby dick and you know why i don't like it first off it's written like a lot of classics by old white men (sighs) that have nothing to say to the rest of the world also, half the books about whale history and whale mating and stuff. No, I'm out. Mm-mm. No. This was one of the first times I failed a quiz <gasps> because there was a pop quiz Amy. in class. I had not read it. There was something about doubloons. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in on the doubloons, but everything else I'm out. <laughs> I had no freaking clue. So I guessed something. And yeah, I got an F on it. But you know what? I think that you that's almost a badge of honor mm-hmm. to say it. I, I was think. like, you know what? I think this was one of the first books that I stopped reading, actually, too. Because I was like, I can't even get through this. In college? That's great. You were so woke. Mm. So freaking (laughs) woke. Exactly why I did it. I knew knew that's what it was. You're so (laughs) cutting edge that I figured. (laughs) All right, Erin. So we're talking about classics. Mm -hmm. Classics don't just extend to books. No, There's classic movies. Mm -hmm. There's classic other things that so i can't think classics, of at this moment but coke. yeah <laughs> one of them is food we both love food i do love me some food what's a classic maybe discontinued snack food mm. that you miss i can tell you right now mm. exactly what it is what is it ninja turtle cream pies <laughs> what yeah okay so you know the fruit pies <laughs> They still sell those. Like the, it's the weird, like there's, you can get them like apple or cherry and it's like the weird fold over and it's in a box Mm -hmm. and you're like, how, what's the show? It's kind of like Twinkies. You're like, I'm afraid to know when this actually expires. Mm -hmm. So they used to make one that was, I don't know who made it, but it was for, it was Ninja Turtles. They were on the front and it was, (laughs) it sounds so bad now, but the pie, it was like, it had to be some kind of custardy, like it was cream filled, but it wasn't like white frosting cream. It was like a yellow custard yep, pudding ooze. yeah it was yeah. like ooze and i couldn't get enough Oof. i don't even think i really liked them because i don't ever remember finishing one <laughs> i just think it was like the rapper and the ninja turtles and it was this cool pie and i was like yeah and then i was like it's terrible but i love it buy me more you loved the experience and the branding yes not necessarily the food yes and yeah. there's one other that i actually really mm. did like what and that was 3d doritos what are 3D Doritos? <laughs> I don't remember this. Them? No. Okay. They're like, they were puffed out. Like they oh, puffed them up. Like yeah. Cheetos kind of. Yeah. Except they puffs. were hollow inside. So oh. it was like you, yeah, I'm trying to think of a snack that's like it. And there's nothing, which there's is nothing. why I miss them. Oh they were goodness. amazing. Yeah. They were like, it was a lighter version of a Dorito almost. Cause it was like a little puff and pillow. wrapped up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was great. Doritos. If you're listening, bring them back. Bring them back. It's not that hard. Or just puff them, them out. Connect them on both sides. It's got a little tear coming out of the corner of her eye. So Not really. I, I know, made that I know, up. But yeah. if mm-hmm. you brought those back in Ninja Turtles, I will single-handedly make sure you stay in business. <laughs> 3D Doritos for everyone. <laughs> Ninja Turtle pies. We'll They're use them as giveaways to our listeners. Yeah, I would. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Ninja Turtle pie for everyone. <laughs> Thought Oprah was cool. Just wait till you get that pie. Who made the Ninja Turtle pies? I'm trying to... I, it's got to be like Hostess, Hostess or something. Or something. Yeah. 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 I should look it up. I don't remember, but hmm. I was about it. I was about it. Yeah. Doesn't sound good, I'll be honest. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of things like classics that mm-hmm. extend to other things, is there something like a moment or a memory that you feel like is a classic Amy moment? So many. I... But here's one. Oh, good. So picture me uh-huh. around sixteen. Okay. Same height, uh-huh. same hair, same okay. red hair. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I have had braces. For about five years, off and on at this okay. point. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am getting jaw surgery. <gasps> Why? Yeah, because I had such a massive, like, side bite. <laughs> like, my oh. jaw was straight up growing to uh, the wrong side. Oh. The doctors decided I was done growing. Time to do this. Let's fix it. So I have jaw surgery. It's fine. It, you know, not fun. No. Let's be honest. Sounds terrible, but okay. Um, my mom <laughs> had to blend all my food. So a lot of blended chicken 
and corn. Yep, yep. Oh, that God. look right there that Aaron oh, has. Yeah. That's okay. how it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have nightmares about it. But yeah. I mean, thank you, Mom. It yeah. was delightful. Um, so then two weeks later, I'm in a track meet, an indoor track meet. I ran the 800 and the 1500. Was this advised? I feel like that would not be advised. <laughs> No, because it was an indoor track meet. And when you run a distance race, you start in your own lanes and then you funnel into one lane. We funneled. I got tripped, fell right on the jaw. The gun went off to stop the race and I had to have emergency jaw surgery again. So now I have two screws in my jaw that I thought for a while was going to set off airline security. It doesn't, thankfully. But the fun part is every time I go to a new dentist, which is often because I have a deep fear of dentistry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I can see why. When they take an x-ray and they see the two screws in my jaw, they have this question. Does that, does that belong there? Did you know you have two screws <laughs> you in your jaw? You like, sure do. They are there for a reason. <laughs> in what situation would you not know? Like you swallowed screws and they just floated in there? Or I don't what? know. But seriously, every time the assistant oh kind of looks at me like, uh, uh you seeing this? Because I see, see it. <laughs> so your classic Amy moment is out of a sports movie. It's like a sports montage yeah. into a medical montage yeah. into you becoming RoboCop. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's what I got That's- out of it. <laughs> Yes. Okay, good. I never owned up to the RoboCop part now. Mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Friggin' RoboCop. Yeah. That's what you should Ugh. say to the assistant. It's fine. I was RoboCop. <laughs> Let it go. God. So that's mine. Wow. What about you, Aaron? I bet you have a classic God, Aaron so moment or two. So many. Mm-hmm. So many. Um, I'm tempted to say that just classic me is any kind of situation that involves a weird character because if there's mm. someone weird oh, around sure. at some point they're going to be they're magnetized come right at you. yeah yeah but ultimately i think what is just classic aaron that would make people be like yeah that's aaron is any kind of falling situation sure i have fallen more times <laughs> than is my fair share to be honest and in a lot of really horrible situations mm. like i've fallen multiple times going down the stairs carrying coffee and mm-hmm. my my reaction to that is to throw the coffee as far away from my body as possible <laughs> so as not to scald myself. Um, I did this at a client once, threw it all the way down their stairs, going into their next level of, you know, people's workspaces. So that was great. At that same client, I tripped on the outside curb. I was on my phone and I had heels on and I stepped off the curb, but didn't know it was a curb, both knees in the parking lot, oh. just down holding my phone. Somebody walking by was like, just so you know, they have security cameras. Somebody totally saw that. Come on, dude. Yeah, it was, you would guess right too. It was a dude. But vengeance for him, there was a goose on top of his car and he couldn't leave. It wouldn't get off. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that goose has my back. (laughs) I love that your impulse when you're falling is to throw. <laughs> I done it at our. I did it one time. Zach and Mike were both in the kitchen. Yeah. It is our old house, and I was coming down the stairs. So all they saw first was just a <laughs> propelled cup of coffee into the kitchen. It just went everywhere, and then me tumbling down after them. <laughs> they were both like, "Why did you throw it? You made such a bigger mess." And I was like, "But I'm not burned. I wanted to save myself." Yeah. yeah. And how many times have you fallen down my stairs, Erin? I don't. If I lost count, it's a lot. <laughs> that one time I spilled iced tea all over your stairs. I was going to say you didn't throw it, though. I didn't remember. I told you. I was like, yeah. you're lucky I didn't throw this into your living room. <laughs> Just iced tea everywhere. Ice cubes. To be fair, I've also fallen down my stairs. They are slippery wood stairs that if you get a little too cocky... That's, They'll catch up to you. Yeah, I'm not cocky now. I go sideways. <laughs> I hold too. on to the banister. Every time after yeah. podcast recording, it's a process mm-hmm. to get down the stairs. But honestly, it's classic Aaron if I fall. It is. So it, it is. is what it is. Yeah. What can you do? Whew. Yeah, that's that's uh, we're awesome. Mm-hmm. I got to say, both of us. There's another time in college I fell <laughs> in a parking lot so many times, as in I kept trying to get up and couldn't because it was icy. There was a truck driver parked in front of me that got out of his car and asked if I was okay. I was like, look away. Just, I'm fine. Just move on. I'm going to get up. Like I was on all fours. I kept getting up and falling and getting, I mean, the guy probably thought I was intoxicated. Probably. What is happening with her? Is she having a seizure? Is she having a medical emergency? Why is this happening? So much that he got out of his, that's. That's pretty sad. That is sad. Yeah. That's just. 
Hey, at least you own it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, so. Well, you know, let's talk about other classics. Okay. I classics like that. that don't suck. I mean, not that our experiences suck. They kind of no. do, but you know. But yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one of our OGs. Yes. Hit me with you. Uh, first up, yeah. Well, first off, I think, Aaron, you and I were both English majors. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So we, we sat a lot of these classes mm-hmm. where we get classics given to us. Mm-hmm. I had so many dead white dudes, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of rich white dudes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just it, like we said, it kind of limits the experience. It limits the reading experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you dig past those dead white men, the, you can find some classics that don't suck. Mm-hmm. One of them is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, oh. written in 1847. So this is OG. It is OG. You are going real OG. I <laughs> like so it. So classic. She wrote as a man to get published. Yeah, she did. She wrote as Currer Bell. Currer. Currer Bell. What? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but kudos for yeah, gaming yeah, the system. You. Yeah. Thanks. And um, for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, story is this. Jane is an orphan living with her aunt and uncle, who are terrible. They send her off to a boarding school that's gothic and cold and terrible. She becomes a governess to the daughter of a crabby but kind of ugly hot guy named Mr. Rochester, who treats her initially terribly. Of course. But here's why this doesn't suck. Jane is incorrigible. She refuses to shut up when people tell her to. Yes. When they say girls should do this, girls should do that, she won't flirt, she won't demure, she won't cow herself to other women or to men. She says what she thinks and it gets her in trouble, to be honest. But it also makes us love her. Classic Jane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> also classic, things start to turn around for her. Happiness that she never dreams of comes into her grasp when, whoops, there's a ghost in the house who might or might not be a mad woman in the attic. So that changes everything. That's, yeah, but guess what? We still, we still love Jane, and we are in for the ride at this point. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Bronte is an excellent writer. You know, we love Jane, even if she does things against her own interest. Um, and we root for her. We feel kin to her, even if this was almost 200 years ago in England, not now yeah. in America. Right. Right. So I highly recommend this as a classic that actually deserves to be a classic, something you enjoy. I've returned to this multiple times, actually. And each time I really enjoy it. I was going to ask that. So it's one you've reread a yes, lot. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, um, I was showing Aaron earlier. I still have my copy from sophomore year of college. It's a well-worn copy. It is. It's, it's delightful. delightful. <laughs> <laughs> so well-worn that I think when I open it, Oh, Steve, I haven't broken the bind yet. You love that. And I hate when you do that. Yeah, I do it so much. I was going to say that mine Mm. would be like so broken. Mm -mm. So many broken spots. See, it's pristine. It is. 22 years later, Mm -hmm. 23 years Mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Your turn. All right. (laughs) A little shame there at the end, but that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Well, my pick is uh, Their Eyes Are Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. And so I took, this is a little bit of a more recent OG, but it's assigned a lot. So that's why I put it as a classic because a lot of people's first um, take on it is maybe high school, college, some Mm -hmm. point that they've seen it. And maybe at that point, weren't really prepared to appreciate it. Or sometimes it's that whole being assigned thing kind of takes the fun out of it. But I read it for the first time in high school. Um, and then I actually reread it in college. And like you, I've reread it many times since on my own, just because I really love it. Um, and it changes every time I read it. Yes. I love that too. Yeah. That wherever you are in your life, it changes. Yes. The reading. Yeah. 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 Which is interesting because, um, I feel like that's the problem with some of the classics is sometimes they're great, but they just get assigned too early or having it be in a forced situation takes the magic out. And Mm -hmm. then when you read it later on and it's not in a forced situation, you think, oh man, that was, that had a lot more to say than I realized, you know, than my 15 year old self realized. Like when you're forced to read Shakespeare and you're like, what in the world is this? And then when you become an adult and you're like, oh wait, I kind of get this. You know, the language is a little stiff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot more to offer there. So Mm -hmm. this is one of the first classics I remember just connecting with in a huge way. I mean, there are other ones I enjoy, but I remember I read way further than I was supposed to all the time because I was just, I couldn't stop. I just wanted to know the story. So, um, 
I find now, though, looking back and reading it as an adult woman, there's so much more like depth and nuance mm-hmm. to it than I ever would have gotten out of it in high school. But that's what I think makes it a classic is because it speaks to such a broad range. You can get so much out of it no matter where you are. So um, the story's about Janie, who's a middle-aged, very confident black woman. Um, the story's centered around a conversation that she's having with her friend Phoebe. So essentially... Phoebe's come to get the scoop because Janie's recently come back to town and there's all kinds of rumors about why she's back. And so Phoebe, trying to be a good friend, is coming to the source and saying, hey, everybody's talking about this. What's up? Tell me what's going on. And so um, essentially she's come back because she ran away with a younger man that she married. So the rumors are like, oh, she he stole all her money or he dumped her, you know, all the all those kinds of things. So Essentially, in this whole conversation with Phoebe, she's recounting the story of all of her marriages because that wasn't the first. Um, and her relationships, herself, her feelings, um, what happened intimately in all of those relationships. And ultimately, what I felt like I walked away with was just this idea that there was no amount of shame that was going to bring her down. She just refused to accept any of these things as just part of the relationship or just consequences of being in the relationship. It wasn't something to be ashamed of. It wasn't something she felt bad about. It was just, this is what it is. This mm-hmm. is my life. I'm back. This is what happened. And I remember in high school being loving that just because it was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, that's a great way she to be. She owns it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I think as an adult woman, I love it even more because it's, there's nobody that is going to say this is, that's wrong. That's right. You should do this. You should do that. She's just not going to have it, but not in like a, I'm going to burn all your houses down way. Just in a, I'm confident in who I am. If you want to know the story, come talk to me. I'll tell you. Otherwise, I'm just living my life. And I relate to that type of character so much that this is why she's just always going to be at the top of my list as one of my favorite characters and one of my favorite books. So Fantastic. You know, I've never read that one. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So I think I'm going to read it. I never oh. knew. I always heard of it as a classic. I yeah. always heard of her as a classic writer yeah. and never knew what it was about. And it sounds like it's perfect for our age right now is like grown women and it's remarkable i think that she took a character in those circumstances and made it that way you know it wasn't as we've mentioned you know it wasn't a white guy doing Mm -hmm. that it wasn't even a white female doing that you know she really the the cultural elements she brought in i think she did on purpose to make it even more remarkable and you just love it for every Every bit of it. It's a short one too. You can really? whip through it really quick. So, have you read other things that she's written? I haven't. No, okay. I should. Yeah. But I'm so in love with that book. I get that, it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I just have never, never... ventured out. <laughs> I know. It's true though. There's sometimes I start loving an author and then I read something else and I'm disappointed and yeah. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. I know it. I really should. And I have other things on my list by her. I just there's sometimes I just reread that one Absolutely. and then it kind of scratches that itch and then you're like, well. I do that with, and I think I've mentioned this to you. I do that with The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. The original, yeah, yeah, from the 1980s. And the same thing where I read it when I was younger and way too young, Mm -hmm. honestly. And, but I've read it few years, you know, every few years since and get something new every time. And yeah, it's really remarkable that way. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So I would say that's a great OG. Excellent. Especially if you're looking to kind of tiptoe into it, it's a shorter one. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, um, there's some dialect in it, but it's not difficult by any means. So it'd be a great way to get it, start getting all your OGs under your belt. We need to start like a scorecard or something of the OGs, like a punch card. Like when you go into a sandwich shop or, you know, Froyo place or something, punch those OGs off. Genius. Yeah. I mean, every time we have an episode, there's a new business idea. I'm not going to get anything done tomorrow. I'm so (laughs) making this. Are you kidding? Ah, this could be something that we really do. Yeah. Huh. We could have a punch card for all of our recommendations. Oh, oh, that's even better. Oh, my God. Okay. Yep. It's happening. It's happening. You know what, listeners? You're in store for a Ninja Turtle pie. Yeah, you are. And a kick-ass punch card mm. slash poster. I don't know. It'd probably have to be bigger than a punch card. Or maybe it's one like you whip out, you know? Or like it's a book, you know, oh. like a, a like a three-ring binder or something oh. like that. Or a bound book. I mean, yes. the future. Endless. Yes. Endless. But in the meantime, you're going to – I know where you're going to be doing tomorrow. You're going to be looking up designs. You're going to be doing this. I am. I'm in. I'm all in. Ooh. All right. All in. Excellent. Well, those were good. Two first OG fiction Fiction picks. ones. Let's move on to other genre yes. picks. Yes, yes, yes. So I chose Maya Angelou, oh. American author, 
actress, screenwriter, dancer, poet, and civil rights activist. Amazing. She just died a few years ago. You just gave me goosebumps just thinking about her, right? So I think a lot of us are assigned her 1969 memoir, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I remember as a a kid, uh, I don't know, probably junior high or something like that, reading it and being very affected by it. It was one of those few Mm -hmm. that really kind of breaks through the barriers because it's about, you know, a younger woman. Uh, It actually made literary history for being the first nonfiction bestseller by an African-American woman. Um, like I said, it's often assigned in school. Um, and in total, she wrote actually six memoirs, six autobiographies, um, which focus on her childhood, early adult experiences, because there's a lot of significant stories there. But today I actually chose her poetry. She has multiple volumes of poetry and I'll list a few on our website, but one poem always gives me chills whenever I read it. And it's called Still I Rise. Mm. Fave. It's very love it. Yeah, it's really short. I'll just read um, a couple lines here so you get a flavor. But I'm also going to link to her reading it because her voice is just oh, ugh. so good. I saw her speak. Did you? Yeah, Where? when I was in college, she oh came. My gosh. And yeah, yeah. Was and it? She a, read and she oh. talked about her life, and I was like, I, it ended, and she got off stage, and I was just sitting there, like people were getting up and leaving, and oh. I was like, I can't even. I can't even. I don't even think I went to classes the next day because I was still just like. In kind of a stupor of yeah. amazement. And yeah. you watch her, I, I'm sure in person it was mm-hmm. even more, I watch her on videos or something and just the presence she has. The Yes. <sighs> a present. That is the word for it. I mean, mm-hmm. just her whole being feels like... And kind of like you were saying with Zora Neale Hurston, she seems very much my Angelou, like a person's like, this is my story. This is who I am. Take mm-hmm. it or leave it. Mm-hmm. You know, I will present it to you and, you know... And there's Whatever. a lesson right there because those people have a presence. Yes. Because you're like, I, yeah. And there's nobody that's, you, you don't, you're not going to mess with her. Yeah. Because she just has a presence. You're like, well, she can't be, you know, her feathers can't be rustled. And also Oprah freaking kneeled down to my Angelou, like just almost worshiped her as like a mother, yeah, you know? She should. I mean, I like For Oprah, sure. but come on. Oh, it's yeah. Angelou. Seriously. Yeah. So here's the start of Still I Rise. Okay. Not going to be her voice. That's all right. It's going to fail. I'm going to enjoy it. Just an Amy's voice. It's a a good version, I think. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Mm -hmm. Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. That's all I'm going to (sighs) say. I got goosebumps again. Right? That's so good. So, like I said, I'm going to link to her reading it because just watching it this week, I did get goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Just watching her deliver it. And she's, it's memorized. It's actually changed a few of the words from her published piece. Mm. Ugh, it was remarkable. So, this and all of Maya Angelou's work are really classics that don't suck. Mm-hmm. Um, they're personal, political, powerful. They are female, they are black female. They are truly worth reading and digging into some of this past stuff. So like I said, we'll link to a few things, but really any volume of her poetry, any of her memoirs, beautiful. I don't know about you, but I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge poetry reader. I struggle Mm -hmm. with it sometimes and I find her so accessible. Absolutely. That's why I really love her too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a different, it's, it's the kind of poetry that I really, really love Mm -hmm. because it feels like it's telling the story and it's not something, it's not a secret language I'm trying to figure out. It's just. Absolutely. Beautifully written yeah. is really what it is. And very much, mm-hmm. yeah, just here it is, mm-hmm. take it. Yeah. It, yeah. There's a lot of attitude in that one that I love oh, so much. So good. Yeah. Ugh, that was a good pick. Mm. Man, I didn't even think of it. <laughs> so good. It's not a competition, Aaron. No, but I mean, I feel sad that I didn't think of it. Like I was doing her an injustice. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> good Lord. She'll be okay. Especially because yeah. I picked a white guy for this oh, one. Oh, Aaron. But I'll no, explain no, why. No, it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. So my nonfiction pick is a play. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's called Death of a Salesman Ooh. by Arthur Miller. Okay. And this is a good it pick. is, it is, yeah. Pick. And when I say play, I know that might put some people off because you read it, but when you read it, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. And it brings, if you write it like a novel, I don't think it would have the same impact. It's mm-hmm. just when you read it like the play, number one, you can... I mean, an hour and you're done, probably. It's real thin volume. You can get through it. It's not going to slow you down at all. It really is going to add to the experience. Um, and I picked this as a, as an OG because it's, I, I read this in high school. I reread it in college. I've reread it since then. And every time I get something different out of it. And I think it's because Arthur Miller did such a good job of writing these characters. Um, 
that at different points in your life, you relate to different people that are in the play. Mm -hmm. So the story is um, about a delusional man, Willie Loman, who is seeing his life and his dreams play out in this state of regret, maybe Alzheimer's now that we know more about that at this stage. Um, But essentially, he lives with this very inflated sense of self. Mm -hmm. And he's really blurred the lines between reality and fiction in his life. He's used to being that guy um, that you know, we sometimes label like the swarmy salesman, you know, he's always got a story. He's always doing something bigger and better than everybody else. He's done that for so long that he, uh, doesn't know sometimes when something's true and when something's not anymore. And he can't really, his family doesn't either. He Uh has two sons, a wife. Um, it's that all play parts in it. He's got a brother that he's clearly jealous of because he's done other things that Willie says he's done, but he's never actually done it. There's so many great layers and themes in this about parenting relationships, honesty, what actually makes a life well-lived. How do we really know the difference between a goal, a dream, what's actually going to make us happy all across the board. Um, it's not a happy play, but it's, it's a fantastic one. I think that at different points, like I said, in your life, you can relate to different characters. Sometimes you feel like the Willie character who's just sort of lost their way and not really sure what's real anymore, how you feel about things. Sometimes you feel like his wife, Linda, who's just kind of doting on him and falling around knowing that none of this is really true, you know, kind of sucked up in the whole thing. Sometimes you feel like the two sons who are each trying to do their own thing, but are being held down by this pressure of what they're supposed to be or what their dad wants them to be or what success means, frankly. And really, that's what this whole thing to me is about, is it does a great job of really getting at the heart of what success means, what uh, brings people happiness, whether that is being a successful businessman or whether it isn't, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is across the board. I think anyone can relate to having regrets, dreams, um, moments that you wish you could redo. You can relate to disappointing with someone, struggling with work, working on a relationship. Um, and all of that's in here in this short little play. And I think that you, there's a lot of moments you want to dislike Willie. You do like dis- dislike him. You want to dislike other characters, but then you kind of realize at the same s- side, you kind of dislike them because they're like you. Sure. There is something about, yeah, it yeah. brings so much of yourself into it. And I think that's why it's a great OG because as a classic, it really invokes that feeling like, oh, geez. I mean, who can't relate to that? To feeling Absolutely. like, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Am I doing the right things? Am I achieving success? Am I not? I mean, whatever that looks like to you, everybody struggles with that at some point. Mm-hmm. And the way that Arthur Miller was able to invoke that through these characters and make you face that just while you're reading a play is masterful. So. Wow. Have you ever yeah. seen it uh, performed? Yes, I have. How mm-hmm. did it go? Did you like it? As I did. As, yeah. yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I, it was great. I mean, as a, as a play, it's wonderful too. Um, I think that I tend to be more introspective when I read. So I think I got more yes, out of it when I sure. read than necessarily when I and saw when it. And you're seeing someone doing it, you're mm-hmm. seeing that interpretation. Yes, yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. So, but I love it. I, I've, re- I've reread it quite a few times and I think it's worth it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. He's definitely an OG. And yeah. I like that, you know, we were making fun that he's a white guy, but yeah. he, he's very much skewering like what men are supposed to be, what yes. people are supposed to mm-hmm. be. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, he really stacked the play with a lot of stereotypes that he's tried to point out. So, mm-hmm. and he did it well. I mean, it's, it's well done, I think. So, and you, I read it the first time I read it, I actually read it twice. And I, cause I remember in high school and partially cause I was a nerd and was like, I don't know if I understand this well enough to take a test. So then I reread nerd. it. Nerd. Yeah. Such a nerd. That was both well, of us though. Yeah. I shouldn't make fun yeah. of you. No, yeah. I, yeah. But I really also reread it cause there was stuff I felt like you missed. Like, sure. wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm getting something else out of this. So, and as the play goes on, you'll see what I mean that more and more layers get unveiled and then it makes wow. you want to go back and see if you, you know, we're picking up all the clues that were being laid down. I don't think I've read that since, you know, high school or college or whatever. I should take another read. It sounds wonderful. It is. I love that. Yeah. All of these things that we're picking actually kind of reveal themselves as we get older too. They really are. Yes. Classics that don't suck. suck. They are. Mm -hmm. They're worth it. 
He was married to Marilyn Monroe. He was. Mm. I know. Weird. Yeah. Twisty. Twist, twist. I kind of like that. You yeah. know what? It makes me like her more. I know. I like the combination of the two. It makes me think that both of them were very creative souls that just found each other. And yes. maybe people thought, you know, yeah. they knew the both of them, but then together it just worked. Yeah. yeah. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What year was that from? Do you know? 60s Oh, somewhere? gosh. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Oh, I should have written it down. What a failure. Oh, fail. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I actually thought that too when you said when yours was written. I was like, oh man, I didn't write down the years. That was my fault for asking. No, that it's all right. A, it's fine. It's not a good move. No. I mean, I could look it up. I have a phone right here, but look at me not doing it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> look at this action I'm not taking look right at me now. not go. Take the hint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could do it quick while you talk about your pop culture and get back to you. <laughs> really not that important. Everyone has access to the internet. Yeah, Google it. They can it. find it. I'm not your chimpanzee. <laughs> you look it up. <laughs> We're not full service. No. No. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah depends on who you are. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. I know you got it. You have to. So the pop culture is kind of weird. It was, an OG situation. Yes. You kind of had to blur the lines a little bit to decide. I yes. felt like. I and I don't know about you, but I immediately started thinking of like, you know, 40s noir movies or something, you know, yeah. like with brassy broads and like <laughs> dudes that are hot after the broads and are detectives like that. <laughs> I mean, that's basically where our broads came from. If you can see the jazz hands and brassy broads, it was fantastic. I guess I did sort of act that out, didn't I? Brassy brassy broads. It sounded like I was going to get like a whole thing. And a hardened cop who finds her on the back. I was like, what is happening? I'm in a movie. It's great. And that's not even related to my pick. I was just saying that because that's... It doesn't matter. You got me hyped either way. (laughs) I actually went with a movie starring Natalie Wood. You know Natalie Wood? Mm Mm-hmm. She starred with James Dean mm-hmm. in Rebel Without a Cause. Okay. She starred in West Side Story in 1961. Great movie. She was even the kid in Miracle on 34th Street. But I chose the movie called Splendor in the Glar... Oh, jeez. Splendor. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a classic let's, Amy. Let's try that again. <laughs> that was a classic Amy. I did so good. Like, building it up and then just, oh, <laughs> that's just so something. Oh, man. Died. Gosh, that's why we're kindred spirits right there. Let's All try right. that again. Okay. Splendor in the Grass. In 19. <laughs> punctuated by a podcat meowing in the background. He's like, what was that? <laughs> I thought you were going to say cloud. I Splendor in the better. Cloud. Yeah. So, this movie, like mm-hmm. I said, 1961, starring Natalie Wood, but also introducing a hunk of a guy named Warren Beatty. Come on, Warren. Yep. So the story is, it's 1928 in rural Kansas. Deanie and Bud are in high school. They're dating and they're in love. And the first thing you see is they are making out mm-hmm. hardcore mm-hmm. in their car. She's stopping them because she's a girl. Mm-hmm. She should be stopping them. Right. Deanie really wants to do everything with Bud. She loves Bud. She has all the feelings and asks her mom, who says that nice girls don't do that kind of thing. So you have to stop mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. Deanie even yeah, <laughs> Deanie even asks her mom because she's obviously very confused. Like she's feeling all these feelings. Like and she says, "Don't women have these feelings?" And mom says, "You know, no, nice girls don't. You know, no one has those." She even goes in to say very early in the movie, "Like I just gave gave in to your dad. Like that's you know that's what women do. Guys like this much better than women." So this is what Deanie's going up against. Okay, then Bud he's getting kind of pressure, like you mentioned in uh, in your pick, where. His dad is giving him tons of pressure, like, you got to go to Yale, you got to, you know, Mm -hmm. be a corporate guy, you got to do this, you got to do that. But Bud really just, he loves Deanie, but he's also, he's feeling feelings, too. So his dad is encouraging him to choose a different kind of girl to get those feelings out, not a nice girl. Ah. So... Things start getting real twisted because they're suppressing all these feelings. They're like, you know, trying to do what's good, what's right. Um, There's cheating. There's sickness. There's desperate acts. There's even a mental institution. So love and lust and violence, it gets all messed up together. I think really when you're any age. So that's why, you know, this kind of appeals, especially to to younger kids. But even when you're... um, but when you're young, I should say, um, and you're given these super repressive rules for behavior, you know, yeah. these kids don't know what the hell to do. Yeah. So things get weird. Like I said. Get weird. 
And it makes for great cinematic viewing. Sure does, because then we're also moving towards the stock market crash of 1929, which changes everything, Aaron. Everything. You know, this is set like almost 100 years ago, but I was watching this again this week, actually. And there's so much that feels very, very current. Mm. Just how, you know, women are raised, how men are raised. You know, you could see all of these things in the news, like toxic masculinity and like Mm -hmm. consent and all this kind of stuff. And how we're really not doing any better when Mm. it comes to, you know, school education, but also just, you know, one-on-one education. Yeah. So... I gave it a real positive review, obviously, just now. But I really, I really enjoyed it. It's it's a very affecting film. It's done so well. Because like I said, this is a very, you know, internal movie a lot. But Mm -hmm. also the way it's filmed. Natalie Wood is just a hell of an actress. Warren Beatty's easy on the eyes. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus, there's a little nugget for a true crime. Jesus. (laughs) I know where you're going. You were going to say true crime. I was. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. True uh-huh. crime because mm-hmm. you know this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Natalie Wood died sort of mysteriously in 1981 at the age of 43 while boating off the Southern California shore with her husband. Mm-hmm. Have you? There's been. I know a few. And Christopher Walken. Oh, that's he was right. on board. He knows something and he won't say. Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. You know why I think he's so weird? Because he's been repressing it for years. He has. Mm-hmm. He knows. He knows what happened. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think there's been like a few documentaries, maybe a few books. Have you dove into that at all? Um, I haven't read any books. I've seen a couple like um, more in-depth, you know, series on it before. Um, and, you know, I think was it recently the boat driver came out and said that he knows more than he was letting on. That was just like last year or something, oh, I wow. think. And they were talking about reopening the investigation and there was everybody was on both sides like, no, yes, no. But yeah, it's very... It's very strange. And I know yes. they did reopen the investigation like 2010 or something. Mm-hmm. I assume they must have closed it again mm-hmm. at some point. But the the fact that it keeps like yeah. just popping up. Yeah, well, the circumstances are very weird. Very I mean, weird. you don't... Yeah. She was apparently not at all a good swimmer and was very afraid of being kind of out on things by herself. But supposedly she asked someone to take her in this tiny dinghy in the middle of a storm with her fur coat on to the docks. I mean, it's very weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. it's There's a lot there to dig into yes. for a true Kai enthusiast. And it has to be interesting, too, because they have a daughter, you know, Natalie Wood mm-hmm. and Robert Wagner, and she's an actress in her own right. I mm-hmm. imagine there has to be a lot of interesting feelings about this whole mystery. Yeah, too. it has to be very weird. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I've always found in whatever movie she's in, she's just so magnetic. There's mm-hmm. something about her. Like, uh, it's almost, I, I kind of think of her as this sort of unhinged quality or something. Cause she's in all these movies where she's yeah. kind of unhinged. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I just, I love her in mm-hmm. anything, but especially in this one. I, I like that. It's a good pick. I need mm-hmm. to, well, I've never seen it. So yeah. I want to watch it. Yeah. Well, I took a little liberty with the Ooh. OG thing. Let's hear it. And I basically picked the movie that is a classic for me. Okay. It's the Great. OG movie for me. For Aaron. Yes. Um, it was, it's a 2001 movie. So, I mean, we're getting further away from it. It's getting more I mean, more it's 18 classics. years ago. Yes. People were born since then. Yes. And are in high school. Right. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's a classic because you either love it or hate it. Okay. You, you come down either... I, there's really no in the middle. I don't know where you're going. Um, with this. It's a classic because you have to see it. You just mm. have to. It gets better and better with time. Another sign of a classic. Okay. And it's a classic story of family dysfunction, which is basically at the heart of every classic. For sure. So this is a movie by director Wes Anderson. It's called The Royal Tenon Bombs. Oh, I love this movie so much. <laughs> it is. Yes. One of my all time favorite oh. movies in the history of movies. I didn't know we shared that. It's I love that movie. why it's an OG for me. Yes. It is. I will tell you that I'm not a great, like, I don't rewatch movies a lot. Like, movies that I like, that's great. I don't usually need to see them again. That's just not my, the way that I view. But this one, I will watch all the time. Mm -hmm. Love it. So this is the story of Royal and his wife who have three children and they all happen to be geniuses. All three of them. Mm -hmm. All three of the kids are geniuses. So this is the stories of their childhood, which are then overshadowed by their father's mistakes. So basically they don't really get to live up to this geniusness because of their father. And so they're all unexpectedly reunited as adults. And it tells the story of these childhoods and their adult lives. And it's magic because number one, the writing, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Two, Russ Anderson, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Three, you've got Gene Hackman, Ugh. Luke Wilson. The roster is Owen Wilson, 
Gwyneth Paltrow, Bill Murray, Danny Glover, Angelica, is it? Huston? Huston? Yeah, Huston. I always want to add an R to it. Mm -hmm. Huston. Ben Stiller, too. Yeah, Yeah. Ben Stiller. It's across the board. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So it's weird. It's so weird. Quirky. Yes. So be ready for that. But it is also a, a delight. Heartbreaker. It is. Beginning Whew. to end, delightful. Yes. I just I can't say enough good things about I the Royal Tenenbaums. Absolutely agree. Okay. I love that one. Okay. Do you um have you seen others by him? Do you yes. love them as much? Yes. Or, yeah. yeah, I do. He's wonderful. I had a hard time picking because there's yeah. a few real like from that era movies mm-hmm. that came out that I really enjoy. But ultimately, I decided this one because I think even if you're not kind of a weird, quirky movie lover, this is one that you'll dig into. Yes. Even if you don't like some of his other stuff, this, this one is I think. Accessible. Yeah, yeah, it is. Sure. And I, I just really, really, really like it. I love any time he brings in bill murray to his movies the the way he gets bill murray to do the things he yes. does like in this movie remarkable very remarkable yes so yeah i really i every viewing that it's kind of like classic like we were saying with the reading that every time i watch it i get something different out of it mm-hmm. depending on where i'm at in my life or not only for humor part of it but just in general what yes. it's trying to say messages i just i love it so much oh, well done Love it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I kind of want to go watch that now. I know. I know. It was hard to write, (laughs) to continue to prep for this episode and not just stop and watch it. It's also, though, a good um, clarification as far as like classic to you. Like I thought briefly about doing some of the 80s John Hughes movies Mm because those were classic to me. But that, yeah, that can do no one wrong. No. Royal Tenenbaums. Mm -mm. And the music. He is a master at using music in just beautiful ways. So good. So good. I would say that I would like to meet Wes Anderson and talk to him, but I think I would just, I would look like an idiot. I'd just be like, I, would, uh, I think he would probably look like an idiot. Like uh, he, he seems very like he's super brilliant, but maybe also socially awkward. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like he, that, that would throw me off my game. Like uh, I would feel like he's so smart and then I'm not keeping, you know, it, it would be totally an Aaron in her own head moment, sure, but sure, sure, sure. that's, I can't say that I feel like I would geek out a lot with a lot of celebrities, but he's one that I just, there's so much there that I'd like to know about. Yeah. That is he your David Bowie? I don't know if I go that far because <laughs> that would really diminish your love for David Bowie. I don't know if that's fair, but that's top of mind since I was just listening to our episode nine where I where you? used the opportunity, yeah, to talk about him. But that's okay. Yeah. It's fine. I like what you did. Thank you. Yeah, it was a moment, and I look forward to many more as I know it's going to come up. Got to space them out. Yeah, you know. But let's bring Wes Anderson back in, too, because, you know, classics. Classics. OGs. Oh, classics geez. that don't suck. Mm-hmm. So I think, I hope we did Tammy a service here, because this was a yes. wonderful idea on her Great part. Great idea, Tammy. I hope you go forth, Tammy, and enjoy all of these, and all of you listeners yes. as well. Let us oh. know if you read any of these or watch any of this. Tell Absolutely. us what you think. Yeah, post your reactions. Yes. And guess what? We're going to be back next Wednesday. And in the meantime, though, you can head to our website, broadsandbooks.com to check out all the recommendations we made in this episode. And like we said, we're going to include some fun links to other things as well as one bonus pick. Every episode, we pick one extra pick that's only on the website. So if you haven't checked those out yet, there's a plethora of bonus picks. Yeah, there are. Yeah. And speaking of bonuses, there's bonus material, not just the pick. There's extra episodes. God, we work hard. We do. Yeah. There's a gift giving guide. There sure we is. We've got an occasion coming up this spring and summer. Head there. Mm-hmm. We got great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Have you taken one of those quizzes in the back of those women's magazines lately and thought, hmm, I wonder what the broads take on this would be? Guess what? We've already done it. It's, it's on there. there for you. It's on there. Mm-hmm. You want to get to know us a little more? There's some questions that we answer. <laughs> it's a and we're adding new stuff all the time all the time i mean we've had a request from your son already to do more because yes, he likes the he likes the stuff. extras yeah. yes so, so yeah there there's more coming more there is more coming, coming. All the but time. in the meantime go there check it out yeah. yes and while you're listening to us mm. you know what we'd really dig so hard <laughs> <laughs> we would love if you would tell us what you think about our podcast in your podcast player Mm Rate us, review us. That's the way that other people can find us and can help us get up there in the rankings and keep doing this thing that we love to do. Yes. It's so helpful. It would mean so, 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 so much. We would be your best friends. Well, I mean, if you want me to send you some swag, I will. 
man, we, we just send some swag hard. Yes. Yeah. Just some reviews. Yeah. Uh, also though, I mean, maybe, maybe you're not up to the review yet, or maybe you think I've got this great idea. If they knock it out of the park, then I'll review it. Great. Mm. Give us the idea. Yes. You heard what Tammy did. Mm-hmm. Magic. Yeah. Look Absolute what came out of freaking it. Freaking magic. You just got this because of Tammy. Yep. Thank you. So praise Tammy and then send us your own idea. Yeah. Give us a theme idea. And, you know, we're going to be showing Tammy some love on all of our social media. We could show you that love Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, just find us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We always got fun stuff there for you. Yes, we do. In the meantime, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.